I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead. Guys, it has been a little while. I was away. Isaac is still away. He's off on some ski trip. He's skiing the mountains. I don't know, some black diamond. I don't know. Some kid was wearing a Caruso jersey that he was with. I don't know what's going on over with Isaac. But I decided since I finally got back from uh, spending a week with my parents at home, I decided to come back and do a special pod just to drop one because I know it's been a little while to hear from me. And so I wanted to, there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now, and there's just too much for us to try and pack in after the game tomorrow. So I just wanted to get this in and uh, and talk to you guys about a whole bunch of things we haven't gotten to since we haven't done a pod in a couple days. So Isaac should be back in the next couple days. We should be able to get back to the regular post-game pods. I know everybody was uh, upset that we didn't get one out you know, after the last game, but I will talk about the Brooklyn game in this podcast. I will also talk about Andre Drummond. That's been a huge thing right now. Apparently, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the, the Atlanta Hawks and the Detroit Pistons are in talks about Andre Drummond. And according to Vincent Goodwill, the Mavs have also talked and have you know been interested and expressed interest, whatever that means, expressed interest in Andre Drummond. And you know Brad Townsend has said the Mavericks aren't really interested in him, that they don't see a fit there. And so... I kind of tend with Brad Townsend. I think that he's right over somebody else. I think that other reporter is going off of the agent of Andre Drummond, trying to drum up some interest, pun very much intended. And so I don't think this is a real thing for the Mavericks, but it's definitely something to talk about. It's definitely something that has really polarized Mavs fans right now. So there's a lot of stuff to get into about that. So we'll talk about that on this show. But before we do, holy cow. Luka Doncic is the number one vote-getter in the entire NBA. You did not hear me wrong. The entire NBA (laughs) in all-star votes. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Luka Doncic, number one. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. That's the thing. I should not be surprised because Luka is probably the most exciting player in the NBA right now. Giannis is up there, but... At this point, we've kind of seen Giannis. We saw an MVP year for him last year. We we saw Luca last year, but not to this level. And so now he's the next. He's the most exciting new thing, I guess. Let's let's put it that way. The most exciting new thing. And I don't have to tell you guys this. You guys all know that. But number one in the entire NBA, he has one thousand uh, or one million seventy three thousand nine hundred fifty seven votes. The next highest is Giannis, who's like. 600 votes, like literally 600 votes behind him. So just got in under the wire. If you are not voting for Luka Doncic every day, what are you doing? You're listening to this podcast. You can do it right now while you're listening to this podcast because I know all the podcast apps work in the background of all your other apps. You can just keep listening to us. So he's right now number one. He would be the captain, I believe, in the Western Conference. I don't think the captain has to do, you know, anything. I don't think the captain has to get the players and the media vote as well. I believe it's just from, you know, fan voting. So good on you guys for voting on him and for voting for that. And so Isaac and I will break down that a little bit more when he comes back. I want to talk to him about that. But I had to just, I mean, mention it, of course. Another thing, right now, speaking of votes, 
This may seem really stupid to a lot of you guys. It kind of seems stupid to me to start, but oh my gosh, there's an MFFL Twitter tournament right now where uh, a guy named Toofy Hoops, shout out to Toofy, he set up this entire bracket of all these you know, Mavericks Twitter personalities and set it all up and then did these Twitter polls. And so right now, guys, they messed up. They messed up big time. Your boy is in the finals. <laughs> I'm in the final two uh, at Nick Van Exit against all things Mavs, our friend of the pod, Jimmy Crowther. So big win for fa- friend of the pod and actual pod on Locked on Mavs. Uh, so yeah, all things Mavs versus me. So if you're listening to this right now, there is still time. You can go to Toofy Hoops or you can just go to my page. I'll retweet it actually right now. It'll be the last thing that I retweet. So you can go check at Nick Van Exit and you can go vote for me. There is right now 1,400 votes that have been made right now, and it's neck and neck. I'm only at 48.4%, and all things Mavs at 51%. So close right now. We can win this. And this is not just a vote for me. I understand some of you may not like me. If you're listening to this right now, you don't like me. That's kind of weird. But this is a vote for Lockdown Mavs. This is a vote for Isaac Harris, who is one of the best MFFLs out there. He's one of the best Twitter follows on Twitter right now for Mavericks fans. And so this is a vote for both of us. This is a vote for the Raccoons, the Raccoon squad. This is the time to squad up right now and vote for this. Because if we win, this is a win for all of us. Because I'm gaining some followers from this. And the more followers I gain, the more followers Isaac gains, the more followers you know that'll come to the podcast, that'll listen to the podcast, the more downloads we get, the more we can do these podcasts. And so everybody wins in the process. So I just wanted to mention that. Go vote for me on Twitter. Also... Some of you on Twitter have also been following this NBA redraft that I've been part of, and it's something that Ari Hoops Wagner started. You can go check out all the teams at Ari Hoops Wagner, A-R-I Hoops Wagner. And he decided to do this concept where he does an entire redraft of the NBA. And so he starts with, you know, just teams here and there, and he gets one representative from every single team. So I represented the Mavericks. Somebody else, you know, Snotty Drippin represented the Celtics, I believe. There's just all these personalities represented all these different teams. And we did a whole redraft. He also added the Las Vegas team, I think, that he headed up. And then the Sonics came back. The Seattle Supersonics came back. And so there's 32 teams. So the draft is kind of a little tough in that regard. I got the 29th pick. They did a snake draft. And so... This is my team. I finally finished it. If some of you are interested in this, uh, I had the 29th pick of the first round. I got Bradley Beal, which is awesome. That was a great get at the be- at the end of the first round. I thought that was an awesome get for me. And then I finished off my lineup. So I have Bradley Beal. I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I have Jarrett Allen, OG Ananobi, and then our own Seth Curry. And so I thought that that team, they're all under the age of 30. Uh, Bradley Beal is 26. SGA is 20, I believe. Jarrett Allen and OG are 21, I believe. A lot of youth on that team, shooting at every position except for Jared Allen, who's a rim roller, who is, you know, definitely can be used in this offense. Thought so that was a great team. So go check out Ari Hoops Wagner if you want to look at more of that stuff. But I know people were following that, and that's where the redraft ended up. So, all right, let's get into the Andre Drummond stuff and the uh, Brooklyn game against the Mavericks. There's a lot of stuff to get into for that game, but especially the Andre Drummond stuff. So stick around. We'll talk about that after this. All right, Isaac. Okay, I have to do that every single time because people get upset if I don't say, all right, Isaac. Let's get into this Andre Drummond stuff. So like I said, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Hawks and the Pistons are in big talks with Andre Drummond right now. Serious discussion, I guess it is. And maybe by the time you listen to this, he's already been traded. But Andre Drummond could be on the move right now. Here's the deal with Andre Drummond. He is 
He's making, what is it, $27 million this year. He has a player option for $28 million this upcoming summer, so for next season. So if the Mavericks did acquire or if any team acquires him, then they're basically getting a rental. They're getting basically what we got for with Porzingis last year. They're getting the one year to finish out this season and then a player option that he could pick up, turn down. I guess Porzingis was restricted. That's a little different. But Andre Drummond has a player option, which is – you know, he could pick it up. He could turn it down. The team has basically no control at that point. And so that's the situation with Andre Drummond. And he is one of the most polarizing players, I think, on Twitter. Maybe not in media because I don't think a lot of media people really talk about him. But it seems like a lot of fans are into Andre Drummond. They see the rebound numbers. He's a 2020 machine. You know, he's a double-double machine for sure. He's been leading the NBA in rebounding for like four years. And you see that, you get excited about it, and then there's another side of fans that say, well, he's you know, he's stupid, he can't defend the rim, he doesn't shoot jumpers, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, and it's either the, you know, the naysayers or the, you know, overvaluers, I feel like, and they're, neither side is right, <laughs> I feel like. Both sides are polarized, and I'm not sure that either side is coming out in the right way. But let's look at this from the Mavs angle. So if you are the Mavericks, and you're looking at, adding a third piece. And I think we can all kind of agree, even though this Mavericks team has been exciting, they've been really good, you can just tell that they have, they're missing a third piece. Maybe someone will step up, but I don't know if, if that person's on the team right now. Tim Hardaway Jr. has stepped up at times. Curry has stepped up at times. But I think they need one more big piece. And so Andre Drummond could be that piece. I think a lot of people out there think he is, but I don't think any of those people work for the Mavs. <laughs> I don't see a lot of those people in Mavs media that watch this team you know, a lot, but I was texting Isaac about this today on his remote mountain and we we're going back and forth and I was being really negative about it. I'm really, I'm really against this move. If I'm the Mavericks, I would not make a trade for Andre Drummond. There's a lot of reasons, but I gave all those reasons. And then Isaac said, okay, but what are the positives? And so I wanted to do both of those. Here's the positives and the negatives of adding Andre Drummond or, or staying away from Andre Drummond. So Let's start with the positives. We might as well go that route. Feels like a lot of people, you know, really value Andre Drummond. And I tweeted out, uh, would you take Andre Drummond or would you trade for Andre Drummond? Yes, no, and why? And a lot of people are saying no. <laughs> a lot, a lot of people are saying no. But there's a bunch of people saying yes, too. Uh, at uh, All Things Mavs tweeted out this, uh, what is it, this poll where he said, Andre Drummond, yes or no? And he just put it out there. And there has been... 3,700 votes and 48% said yes. That means, what is that? That's half of 3,000. That's like, <laughs> that's a ton. That's almost 2,000 votes from Mavs fans saying that they would want Andre Drummond. That's a ton. So here's my positives for Andre Drummond. He's an elite rebounder. With the Mavericks team right now, you have four shooters at all times. There's no way they're going to play two guys that can't shoot or another guy that can't shoot with Andre Drummond. So you have four guys around the perimeter. You have Andre Drummond in the middle. He's going to gobble up rebounds. I mean, if this team shoots badly one night, he's just going to get a ton of offensive rebounds. The Mavs kind of already do that, but he's going to get them to like an elite level that maybe we've never seen before. That would be an incredible trait to add to this team. A big body to defend big guys in the post because We've seen right now, we have the list. If you guys follow on Twitter, if you listen to this podcast religiously, you know we have the list of guys that Dwight Powell can't guard. There's a lot of them. Maxi Kleba does his best, but I don't think he can guard some of these big bodies either. Porzingis, God love him. Uh, Swole Zingis, it was kind of short-lived, it felt like. It was kind of just a, uh, you know, it felt like it was maybe just a media day thing. 
but he still gets pushed around in the post a little bit by some of these big guys. Steven Adams was was a guy that was pushing guys around in that OKC game. KP didn't play in that game, but we've seen it. We've seen Chris Porzingis get pushed around the post, but Andre Drummond would not get pushed around. He is a huge guy. He would definitely become a mismatch in that area. So that's another positive. Andre Drummond also is not a great role man, but this is another positive. He has the potential to become one because he's never really played with a real guard. He's never really played with somebody like Luka that can make plays, that can actually set him up. He's played almost his whole career with Reggie Jackson, Derrick Rose, like Langston Galloway. He's just not had very good point guards up there in Detroit. And so maybe adding you know, him next to Luka could change his game, make him an elite role man. And he would obviously finish things. Luca could, you know, run a pick and roll with him. He could finish lobs. He could do all that kind of stuff for sure. And then whenever the Mavs have played Porzingis and Boban together and those lineups have really worked, imagine those lineups with KP and Drummond. Drummond is basically the improvement of Boban in pretty much every way except for size, right? He He's improvement in speed. He's improvement in playmaking and finishing around the rim and rebounding. Just a lot of different things. Imagine a souped up Boban is what Andre Drummond is. He can't really shoot from the outside, but he can't. He can shoot a little bit, but just not enough to be, make it credible. Which is kind of the same with Boban. Um, so any of those kind of lineups, whatever those lineups would work, a KP and Drummond lineup would would be deadly. But those lineups don't always work, and so that goes into the negatives. So let's get into the negatives. These were all the things I was texting Isaac before. Um, the Mavericks are already fifth in the NBA in rebounding percentage. That means of the available rebounds, they you know, get it better than pretty much anybody in the NBA besides four teams. That's huge. They're rebounding really well as a team. Porzingis is rebounding well. You know, Maxi and Dwight, when they're out there, they get some boards. Luca obviously is is a really good rebounder and grabs them. And so I'm not super – Dorian Finney-Smith, have to mention him. Offensive rebounding monster. He's been doing that over these last couple games as well and uh, his whole career basically. And so not super worried about them as a rebounding team right now. That was a thing for a long time that the Mavericks were terrible at rebounding, especially you know with Dirk and Dwight Powell starting. That was a terrible rebounding front court. But adding Porzingis with Luka now, with Dorian Finney-Smith in the starting lineup, they're becoming a good rebounding team. So let's get that out of our mind that the Mavericks are a bad rebounding team. They're not anymore. The Mavs also play five out a lot. This is a huge thing, and this would be a big negative with Andre Drummond. The Mavericks right now, if they play Maxi and Porzingis together, they can play five guys out that can incredibly hit a three. That can actually, you know, cause guys to think twice about, you know, hedging off of them, moving away from their def- the guy that they're defending because they can knock down a three. Maxi can. He's he's hitting incredibly right now. Porzingis is only at thirty four percent, but he his stroke looks so good that everyone will close out immediately. And then Luca and whoever else they put out there, they do that a lot. Basically, the only players that aren't credible from the three-point line are Boban, who plays sparingly, and then Dwight Powell, who is an elite role guy. And so you're playing, you know, that would basically be your upgrade from Drummond is to play Dwight Powell in those, in the, or to play Andre Drummond in those Dwight Powell minutes. And he's not an elite role man right now. He could be, like I mentioned before, he could definitely become that, but he's not right now. And it would just mess a lot of things up. Also, I think Dwight Powell shoots a better three ball than Andre Drummond does right now. And that's saying a lot. So... That would be a big negative. And that the playing five out, playing five guys around the perimeter is what allows Luka to get so much penetration, allows DeLon Wright to get so much penetration, Jalen Brunson, all those guys to get into the paint, even what we've been talking about a lot. I mentioned this so many times, it feels like the Dorian Fitty-Smith, the Maxi Kleba, the Dwight Powell, pump fake for a three-point shot and then drive into the paint, 
make something happen, you know, hit a layup or get fouled. Those plays wouldn't be possible if Andre Drummond is in the lane. That's a huge thing for this Mavericks team. That's a lot of offense right there that they're adding. So that's a huge negative for me. Also, if you add Andre Drummond with Porzingis, that's 49.5% of your salary cap. That's big, and I just don't think it's worth it to invest that much of your salary cap into two front court guys that are pretty limited. And that, that's just a huge number for me. And I know people are upset about, you know, I don't want to you know, hoard all this cap space and then just not get anybody. Why don't we just get Drummond? Well, maybe the drawbacks of just getting a guy and clogging up so much cap space would actually be, you know, a detriment to this team, I think. And so that's a huge thing for me. Also, his player option. You get him and maybe it's just a rental. What do you have to give up? Are you giving up assets? Are you giving the Golden State Warriors second round pick that they sent to the Mavericks? That's probably that's probably going to be the best pick in the second round. And so that's what you'd have to give up. Maybe Brunson, maybe, you know, other some other things. Whatever you'd have to give up, you're still giving up something. And I just don't want to do that for Andre Drummond right now if you're only going to get him for the rest of the season and then not re-sign him because of all the negative things I'm mentioning. Uh, also, Andre Drummond right now, he probably wants to be a max player. And right now you already have one max player in Kristaps Porzingis that's not really playing his full, you know, realized role as far as a go-to scorer guy that you give the ball. We've gone through the whole post-up thing where, you know, Kristaps Porzingis is not posting up right now. We've, we've gone through all that. And you'd add another player doing the exact same thing, maybe at a, even a lesser degree in Andre Drummond. He would be getting less touches. He'd be getting less shots than Porzingis. And then now you have two guys doing that. Can you keep both those guys happy at the same time? And my answer is absolutely not. I just don't think it would be possible. This is another Bosch situation or another Kevin Love situation, but even you know more so because Bosch could at least you know shoot and and uh, and Kevin Love could absolutely shoot, and so LeBron at least could kick out to those guys. But Andre Drummond's not that, so it'd just be a It'd be a hard fit, I think, as far as who Andre Drummond wants to be as a player and how he would fit on this Mavericks team. Also, he'd be in a contract year. Of course he's going to want to put up big numbers. Of course he's going to want to post up and play make. And what if that messes with the offense? What if that ruins some things that they're doing in the offense? That There's a, bit, a lot of what-ifs in that that are just too messy for me. And then, of course, not an elite role man right now. Doesn't really shoot either. He'd mess up a lot of the spacing. Could just muck it up. And so that's the stuff I sent Isaac. That's me with the Andre Drummond stuff. I just think that there are too many negatives with it. He's not a perfect player to add to this team. And so I'm out on Andre Drummond right now. Whatever you'd have to trade. Even some people say, well, what if you could get him for free? Yeah, I'm out. I like this team too much right now. I don't want to give up anything of value from this team right now. This season should be all about figuring out Luka and Porzingis' chemistry. And unless you can get the perfect player to be that third piece, I'm not for it. And that's what I'm. That's where I am with the Andre Drummond stuff. So there you go. Coming up, let's get into some of these games. The OKC game, the Brooklyn game that I watched when I got back from break. So coming up, let's get into those games. All right, Isaac, let's get into some of these games. Again, it's just me. But against OKC, this was a weird game. Porzingis was a late scratch, very, very late scratch. And so he's out with his with the you know knee injury. It's not the knee that he tore the ACL. It's not that same leg. So I don't think we should worry too much. But it's starting to become a weird thing now that he's missed two games, possibly three, on Saturday. And you guys probably know more than me at this point since I'm recording this late Friday night. The starters in this game: Luca, Brunson, Dorian, Maxi, and Dwight Powell. So we got the you know the super sub bench basically with Brunson, Maxi, and Dwight Powell, and then Dorian and Luca. 
And so we got those guys, basically the same starting lineup that OKC has been doing with Chris Paul, my guy Terrence Ferguson, SGA, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams. Right away, Steven Adams was kind of a was a big deal, and it was kind of hard for the, the Mavs to match up with him. And so Carlisle subbed in Boban. First quarter, about seven minutes, he subbed in Boban for for, um, for Dwight Powell. And then <laughs> OKC uh, countered with putting Nerlens Noel in. And so they just kind of – they played this game almost the, the entire game where, you know uh, – Carlisle would put in Boban, and then Billy Donovan would put in Nerlens Noel for speed, and they just kind of try to not get the two matched up. Like Adams would be out there with Dwight Powell to be a mismatch on him, and Nerlens would be a mismatch on on Boban because of his speed. And so they just tried to, you know, not have the two big guys or the two speed guys matched up at the same time. It was kind of funny to me. Um, Dallas was up thirty-two twenty at some. Or they ended the the first quarter up thirty-two twenty. Luca had seventeen points in this first quarter. Dallas went on a twelve to two run to end the first quarter. A uh, great quarter for them, especially without Porzingis, and uh, they just came up pretty big in that quarter. And we saw a little bit of a change of Luca substitution pattern. He subbed in in the second quarter with seven minutes and twenty seconds left. So they're kind of they were kind of extending it a little in this game without Porzingis. Um, OKC just kept having an answer to everything that the Mavericks would do, and uh, they went on an 8-0 run to end the second quarter and went into halftime only down one, so Dallas was only up one at that point. And uh, into the third quarter, we had Gallinari hit three straight threes. He just got hot and got on, went on fire. Um, Luka finished the quarter with 28 points, nine boards, and six assists. He was He was balling out. Uh, Maxi at 11 and it just felt like the Mavericks needed a third guy to step up in this game and spoiler alert it never really happened they end up losing this game but Dallas started to run their zone defense they've been doing this a lot and they don't do it for entire halves they don't do it for entire quarters they just do it for stretches and I find it so interesting that they just throw it out there give it a different look see if the other team can hit shots against them Gallinari was doing that and then obviously late in the game Chris Paul would definitely do that uh, against the Mavericks as well and so um, the Mavericks had some really good plays. Though. I thought that they were so good. Maxi Kleba was lethal in the pick-and-pop game in this game. He's been playing so well over these last two games. Just so impressed with what I see from Maxi. And it's kind of hard to watch Maxi outplay Dwight Powell every single night. But I think for their roles, I think that they're playing their, the position. So I'd, I'm not clamoring for Maxi to start in, in, ahead of Dorian Finney-Smith or ahead of uh, Dwight Powell when Porzingis comes back. But... Maxi finished the game with 14 boards. It was his career high. And I think he also had 18 points in this game. And oh, maybe that was the next game. Uh, he had a bunch of points. <laughs> He's, he scored a lot in this game. But Chris Paul just went crazy down the stretch. And he ended up uh, scoring, I think, 13 of their last 18 points or something like that. He was just going crazy. He was, he was scoring a bunch down the stretch. And, uh, yeah, 13 points down the stretch. OKC went on a 14-5 to run in the last three minutes. Basically, Luka just didn't have it in this game. They got to the end. They were playing neck and neck. They uh, Dallas was, yeah, Dallas was was close the entire fourth quarter. There was really not a huge lead. They ended OKC ended with a five point lead, but it was really not even that bad through the last three minutes. Just the Mavericks couldn't get anything going in the the very end of the game. Uh, they wasted a bunch of second chance points. They got a bunch of offensive rebounds, just couldn't put it away. Luka didn't have it. The Mavericks went 15 of 51 from the three point line. And also, Tim Hardaway Jr. is missing this game as well. 
And so that was, that hurt as well. Luca played 40 minutes. He was three of 16 from three, just exhausted, exasperated. It felt like at the end of this game, Curry also went three of 13 from the field in this game. He had the second most shots on the team. That was notable with Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. out. So that was just a tough one at the very end. They just didn't have the extra umph. They didn't have the extra, you know, playmaking scoring from Luca. They didn't have Porzingis. Curry wasn't making shots at the, you know, in the game. And so couldn't finish that one out. Let's move on to a more positive game, the Brooklyn game. Mavericks started Luka, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, Justin Jackson finally gets a start, and then J.J. Barea gets, I think, his first start, I think Falwell said, since 2018. (laughs) Crazy for J.J. Barea. The beacon was lit early. It was lit very early uh, to start this game. Porzingis again was out. Tim Hardaway Jr. again was out. Kyrie was out for the Nets. Obviously, Durant is still out. That Kyrie thing is so weird. I thought he was going to be out a couple weeks, and now it's been... What, it's been months? It feels like he's been out the whole season, basically. Since that 50-point game against the Timberwolves, it felt like he's been out. But Mavs without Porzingis again. This is the start of a six-game homestand. Huge for them. Mavericks coming off two straight losses. Just the second time that they've had two losses in a row this season. Um, they're 2-2 two and two with Luka back at this point before this game started. 5-6 and six in their last 11 before this Brooklyn game. So I thought this was going to be a real big, the Mavs need to respond to you know, some of the slump and not make losing normal for them. This team came out hot. They had a really good stretch where they, I think they won 10 of 11 this season. And then they have this kind of a lull. Luka gets injured. They lose some games there. He's like, oh, okay, that's fine. They're without Luka. Then he comes back. They lose two straight. You just don't want to make it three. You don't want to make it four. You don't want to lose, you know, you don't want to be five and five of your last 10 with Luka back. Just they needed a win in this one, I think. And then this homestand is important. Also, a huge thing to look out for in this game. Josh Reeves was active. Huge. First game he was going to be active in this one. So we're really looking forward to seeing Josh Reeves. Those are the things I was looking for at the beginning of the game. Um, The very beginning, Luka subbed out of the first quarter with 6 minutes and 30 seconds left. Wild. He got a couple of fouls. He was in foul trouble a little bit in this game. And so his substitution pattern was all over the place. Usually he plays the first, you know, the entire first quarter. He's leading the NBA in first quarter. Uh, points per game, which is was massive for this team, and so the Mavericks end the first quarter 31 to 30. Uh, Luca checked back in with uh, two minutes and 50 seconds left. Just kind of an up and down quarter. We saw a lot of JJ Barea. He made a perfect pass to Maxi out of a pick and roll. He's just, it's amazing. JJ Barea is so good at the pick and roll. If I could be as good as JJ Barea is in the pick and roll at one thing in my life, I think I would be probably a millionaire at this point because he's just so elite at it. He's so good. Also, he took Jared Allen off the dribble and finished at the rim. Jared Allen is a seven-foot human with long, freakish arms that can block tons of shots. And J.J. Barea is 5'9"-ish. And he's finished around him in the paint. J.J. Barea is incredible. Do not take for granted the fact that you can watch J.J. Barea when he gets subbed in randomly. So, uh, appreciate J.J. Barea. He, he was keeping them afloat in the first quarter. Um... In the second quarter, Carlisle was just doing his thing. I think he felt like the Mavericks definitely needed to get this win too because with 10 minutes left in the second quarter, so early in the second quarter, 10 players had played for the Mavs already. They threw in Courtney Lee for a stretch. Uh, Brunson and Reeves hadn't played yet, but Boban got in there. You know, Luca, all the wings, you know, Dwight Powell and Maxi as well. Just pretty much everybody but Brunson and Josh Reeves got into the, the game early. And so Carlisle was trying anything, like anybody, can anybody give me something in this game to kind of pull ahead? There was a lot of really weird ref stuff in this game, just some weird 
things. There's that Torian Prince, you know, he shoved Maxi and they both got called for technicals, which is kind of weird. And there's just a lot of weird stuff in this game. We're not going to really get into the refs because I just don't want to get into all that. But basically in this game, Luca foul trouble. He was, you know, had four fouls and got subbed out in the third quarter of six minutes and 47 seconds left, which was weird. Didn't see him the entire rest of the third quarter. He usually plays the entire third quarter. So that was really weird. Brunson subbed in with two minutes left in the third quarter for the first time. That was really weird. Mavs went on this really weird lull. They're just really flat. The crowd was flat. And then Jalen Brunson took a charge. The, the little life got put back into the arena. Seth Curry hit this crazy step back three with 20 seconds left in the third quarter. And the Mavericks end the quarter. They're tied 93-93 going into the fourth. And Seth, Seth Curry was huge. He had 25 points in the first three quarters. He was massive. That's what he finished with. Uh, Maxi also had 18 points and three blocks through three quarters. They were keeping him alive. Luca had 16 points in the first three quarters, but it was the bench pretty much that was keeping them alive, and they were huge. They were massive. They needed somebody else to score 20 points, and Maxi got close, and Curry actually did it. That was a big check mark, and so now they just needed Luca to finish it off, and damn if he ever did. Uh, Luca hit DeAndre Jordan which they were laughing and joking back and forth, but he hit him with one of the dirtiest step or the dirtiest Euro steps I've ever seen. Seven minutes into the fourth quarter, uh, or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, he hit him with a dirty with a dirty Euro step. Uh, he faked him out, got DeAndre Jordan in the air, and then Euro stepped around him. That's 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 hard to do. Mavericks were up by four with five minutes and forty one seconds left, and then Luca just took control. He hit a three. He had another runner. They went on an 8-0 run. They were up 121 to 108, and it only took them you know, three minutes. And this is what this team can do right now. This team can go on these little runs. They can come up big, and it just takes Luka getting hot at just one moment. It just, he just needs three minutes to put a game away. This is exactly what they needed in this OKC game that they didn't get, but they did get it in this Brooklyn game. Luka scored you know, the last 13 of the, the Mavericks' 18 points uh, in the fourth quarter. And, uh, man, he came to the free throw line with a minute 30 left. MVP chance in the arena. you got to love it. If you were in that, I bet it was super electric and it was awesome. Uh, Mavericks went on a 15-4 run in the last four, you know, four of the last five minutes. I don't know. Some of these numbers are confusing, but Mavericks did played really well down the stretch. Um, 62 points total from the bench. Maxi and Curry obviously were huge, but that's massive for this team. The, the depth of this team with guys out, Porzingis out, Tim Hardaway Jr. out, uh, Brian Brokoff was also out, and they came up big for those guys. Uh, Luca took over in the fourth quarter, and then we got Josh Reeves with a minute 26 seconds left. He had a defensive you know possession that was pretty good. He had uh, he tried to do a, run a pick and roll with, with Dwight Powell. Luca basically brought the ball up. Handed it off to Josh Reeves and just said, go get a bucket. Like, just go do something. This is your NBA debut. And Josh Reeves is not really that type of player that should be doing those things. And so he didn't really know what to do. He tried to floater. It didn't work. But we got Josh Reeves. So, all right. We'll be back uh, with Isaac and me. I just wanted to give you guys some, some thoughts and some of the things going on right now. But, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We'll be back. Peace out. Boom. Boom.